and welcome listeners to another episode of Story Screen Presents. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're here listening to Cathode Raycast, which is the podcast where we talk about all things television. I'm your host, Bernadette Gorman-White. It's so good to talk to you guys again. And we are excited to get into this episode because strategically, I will admit, I didn't do this on purpose, but this is going to be great. I have a very great guest here today. Uh, We're dropping this episode on Indigenous Peoples Day. And we're here to talk about reservation dogs, and I'm being joined by Diana DeMuro. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I think you and I both have kind of talked to each other about this show in passing. Yeah. But we've never, like, really sat down and talked about it, so I'm excited. Yeah. This is is probably one of my favorite shows on right now. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Agreed. Agreed. I And I think it's one of those shows, too, that is getting the buzz that it deserves, but it still feels a little underground to me. Yeah, I definitely feel like it should have gotten some Emmy nods, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> I'm sure it will. It got renewed for a third season, which is exciting. So that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's curious because I feel like a lot of those FX shows slash FX on Hulu shows uh, don't tend to get a lot of recognition, even though I think they're some of the best shows on television at the moment. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. But yeah, that is that is sort of the case. Yeah, at least. Yeah, and I, I did some research for this past Emmys just because I was curious about what the, the process is. But right. I do think if you submit something for nomination, I do think you have to pay. I don't really. I don't think it's a large fee. I think it might be like a hundred dollars or something. Huh. Um, okay. So I think you do have to pay for submission for nomination, and I wonder if FX either doesn't have the money put away to do things like that, or their studio just doesn't really care as much huh. about getting those accolades. Because I mean, the accolades are fun, but they are kind of silly. I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's true. I know. I was kind of like, oh, it's it's missing from this lineup, but it's still so good. So, yeah, For I sure. pretty much recommend it to anyone I know that hasn't seen it yet. I'm like, what do you mean you haven't seen that? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, And it's one um, of those beautiful, beautiful shows that is only like half an hour for the most part. Like, they're true. short episodes. Yeah, they pack a punch, though. They do. So, yeah. Diana, how did you get into Reservation Dogs? Were you watching it pretty much from the start, just because you were interested in the storytelling? Tell me about your approach. Yeah, uh, I think I did see the trailer from season one pretty early on, and um, my sister had also saw it, and so we were both kind of pumped based on the trailer alone. We were like, this looks very funny, um and very different than what's on right now and you know like the like satire reference to quentin tarantino um is awesome too so just like i i think there was in the first trailer like a scene of all the the main characters wearing like the black suits kind of like in the film and so we were just kind of like this looks pretty awesome and yeah, I watched season one. Season one is great. Um, but I have to say, like, season two, it's been, like, episode after episode, and it's been a banger. Like, they're really good. Uh, 
really poignant, so it's still drama, but it's still very funny, which is sort of my favorite way to, like, gut punch you, mm-hmm. is to, like, bring you in with some 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 laughs, and then, like, not trick you, but then, like, all of a sudden slide in a little, you know, poignancy to certain things and, and sadness, and then you're just like, man, this show is good. So, yeah, Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi, but Sterling Harjo in particular, I feel like he's killing it, because he definitely directs several of the episodes that I have been loving mm-hmm. in, in the second season in particular, for sure. But it's it's been really good. Yeah, and the cast is awesome. The kids are awesome. They're so good. Yeah. Really, I, I know that they, obviously, pretty much all of their cast, all of their crew, for the most part, are all indigenous people. Yeah, definitely all the directors are, for sure, great. of all the episodes, which is, which is awesome. And I I believe all the writers are as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really enjoying, like, I listened to, like, a little blurb on uh, Sterling Harjo talking to Terry Gross on Fresh Air on NPR. There's, like, a podcast version, and my sister was like, check it out! So I was like, okay. So I listened to that the other day in anticipation of recording this, and I... One of the things that I really liked that he was talking about was just like growing up in a rural community, how you, how he liked Quentin Tarantino, but like, just like the types of movies he grew up watching were sort of escapism for him as a kid growing up in like the rural burbs. Mm -hmm. So sort of like how you live your life through movies and TV and pop culture with your friends. So I kind of like how he brings those references in with all the characters talking to each other whether it's music or quoting stuff or like, you know, the character being named Alora Dannon after Willow, which is so, so good. So it's just like really funny. But yeah, I just like some of the touches that um, it seemed like he was bringing in definitely from his own life, which is pretty cool. So I feel like that's what makes it more personal and makes it better for sure. Yeah, I, I think there is something to be said about people who do grow up in rural communities and they do use entertainment as a form of escapism. And yeah, it really does define your life that way when yeah. you're drawn to an artist or you really like a movie or, you know, whatever. You you tend to like name things after favorite characters from shows or films. And yeah, it's just that, that it does feel very relatable. And it yeah. does seem very honest and true and endearing the way he writes his characters. Yeah. I, I actually listened to... I haven't listened to that uh, Fresh Air podcast, but I need to, or that specific interview. Um, I listened to Mark Marin interview Sterling Harjo oh, cool. on WTF. And yes, listeners, I didn't tell you at the beginning, but we are going to be getting into spoilers. Not like hot takes. We don't have a spoiler-free section on Cathode yeah. Breakcast, So If you haven't seen it, stop into the episode it. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch it. Yeah. It's really short. Not a lot it's of episodes. Really good. Two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I listened to that interview with Mark Marin, and then it was cool because Mark was just, you know, raving about the show, telling Sterling how affecting it was, how he felt like it was very educational, and yeah. he felt that it gave him a sense of empathy that he didn't have in the past. And he just really sure. emotionally connected with the show. And then they ended up writing a part for him in the second season, which was fun. Yeah. Oh, man. And that episode that Mark Marin is in is so good. Mm-hmm. Like, woo. Yeah, that's a great episode. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really liked um, 
just like so yeah listening to sterling harjo talk about growing up in oklahoma and then just kind of talking about like pop culture and sort of like the stereotype of native people and like sort of that caricature of what an indian looks like and then taking that and kind of flipping it on its head to make you know, like the spirit Indian that comes and visits Bear or like, um, sorry, my cat just jumped. So if that made a weird noise, that's what that was. You okay? Hi, you Hank. Bad dream? Oh, he's slinking away. So I think he woke up from a bad dream. Oh, <laughs> But uh, just like he was talking about sort of how a lot of times he thinks people of, you know, people who are not Native view them very stoically or like very seriously and so he felt like it was very important to give permission to laugh with them Mm -hmm. which i think is so great because the show is so so funny and then interspliced with seriousness or tradition or just like different ways of thinking about certain things but then even when talking about traditions it's teasing or making fun of them sometimes or like how they can be, you know, totally made into a cliche or social media or all, you know, like there's that great episode with the actress from Prey. Yeah. And it's <laughs> so, so good, you know, just like them like going to a youth center and then being like, well, who the hell is this? You know, like these two teens that are on social media and like are kind of answering everything really vaguely with like weird metaphors for everything you know it's just it's so funny like the show is so good because i think when you can bring people in with humor you build that sense of empathy and you find that common ground where it doesn't matter where you're from and then you i start to identify with all these people and then the ones that you don't identify with you learn to identify with because maybe that's a foreign idea to you but it's still like a teenager who's sort of grappling with wanting to leave home and then reasons to maybe want to stay. And I feel like that's a lot of that happens to a lot of people, no matter where you're from. So it, it's just really cool to to look at it through all those different aspects, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because as a person who moved away from their rural hometown community, when you are away or I guess I should say when you're younger, And you think, like, I can't imagine starting a family here and staying here and living here um, because I couldn't when I was back home. And then now, you know, years later, living in a different state and having to grapple with the fact that, you know, I don't live down the street from my mom, which can be strange. And, you know, it is what it is. But you do start to grow an appreciation for that place from which you came And it does take growth and age and time to kind of get that awareness. So it's really cool that in the course of these two seasons, they already have the kids who kind of feel like, oh, well, we want to leave. And already they're starting to realize, oh, no, like home is – there are aspects of home that are really, really nice. Yeah. They're drawn to. Just really – or like really important, like that you're sort of – not that you feel obligated, but there is sometimes, I think, characters feeling obligated in certain ways by family or just, yeah, family and friends. And that's definitely something I can identify with for sure. Like, I, I've moved away and come back to this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, you know, 
grappled with wanting to move away again mm-hmm. over the years several times. But um, but yeah, it's definitely like, you know, your friends and your family that can root you in a place and make it feel like home. So for sure, it's 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 really fun to see. Like, I love all the side characters, but I I do kind of like Bear and Alora Dannon are so good and like they're they're like parallel journeys of the way they're dealing with stuff. And then I, I love season two because I feel like it, it goes more into Cheese and Willie Jack, who are, you know, in season one, but they're sort of like the the side friends of the two main characters initially. And yeah. So it's great to get a get their standalone episodes too. And they those were such good episodes in season two. Agreed. Yeah, I find myself drawn, I think the, I'll say this, but then when I see a standalone episode with the other characters, I'm like, oh no, they're all great. But yeah, Yeah. I really love Willie Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think she had acted before this show. So. No. That's like super impressive. (laughs) Very impressive. And uh, I kind of love that, um. You know, like some of the things I read were like, oh, you know, are they talking a certain way for the show? And Sterling Harjo was like, no, that's how they talk. Like they're teenagers, <laughs> you know, they they, t- they sound like this. They're, they're referencing whatever they're referencing. They like the music they like. We kind of just let them like, that's what they look like. So I'm like, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Heath and I say, fuck, a lot. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> it's just so funny. And I yeah. think the way that they reveal the the way that she is referred to as Willie Jack for a yeah. good maybe four or five episodes, and then you see her name written out, and you find out it's Wilhelmina Jacqueline is so funny. It's like yeah. such a very sly way to do comedy. So good, yeah, it's so good. I mean, you you have that episode with Cheese too, with Mark Marin, where he's you know put in a group home, and it's like. Chester or something is his real name and you're like holy shit I didn't even think his real name would be close to cheese like you know right (laughs) or I just I love his character he's like introducing himself to other kids and he's like hi my name's cheese my pronouns are he him and like you're like fuck yes (laughs) this kid is so great he's so nice and you know it's just it's just really funny to they're all very different characters but I like that they love each other so much like it's just yeah Oh, yeah. It really, like, hammers home the, you know, especially when you're younger, how, like, your best friends really feel like your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, a part of growing up is starting to realize that you are subtly different and that it might not last last the way you think it's going to last. Right. But that doesn't mean you don't have that love for those people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's interesting to see them go through the changes they're going through and then also meeting the other characters um, and just like, you know, like the, the rival gangs of friends and things like that. <laughs> and then how that influences them and how maybe they're not so bad. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, because that was quite a shock at the end of last season, season one, where Jackie and Alora decide to, to bounce yeah. Without any of the other kids. Yeah. Felt like a stab in the heart. But Totally. <laughs> and then this season, like you said, with Bear and Alora kind of mirroring each other, Bear saying he's not gonna come home. So right. 
that was an interesting cliffhanger to leave season two on. Yeah, yeah. Season two, that I want to watch that finale episode again. It was it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean the just like the kind of like lead up to Laura Dan and Jackie leaving. I almost wanted them to be gone slightly longer because it was yeah. interesting to see their journey and all the shit <laughs> like just like racism and the scary rich you know divorcee wife that took them in and like all the all the crazy things that were happening to them on the trip and then um to have her come back immediately and have like this show really deals with grief like again and again you know Mm -hmm. in various ways and i it's so interesting because i know like like there's the over arc of the whole show with their friend daniel dying but then there's also like Laura Dan's grandma or, you know, like the episode with the police officer and there being flashbacks of a Laura Dan's mom and stuff. So it's just like all the different people that have kind of had to deal with that throughout the show. And it's, it's such an interesting thing to see portrayed because I feel like a lot of times, you know, in a film or, or a lot of TV shows, not a ton of time is spent on it. So mm-hmm. I think it makes it that much more realistic to show like how long it actually takes for somebody to grieve um, and like how much it affects them to like have the kids be interacting with Daniel's parents or, you know, just other people that knew him and then their own memories of interacting with him. And it's, it's just, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah, they do a good passage of time in that first season where I think Willie Jack and her dad are going out hunting, I think like on like the yeah. year anniversary of right. the events happening for Daniel. And so, yeah, already by that point, you know that's a, a decent amount of time and these characters are still very much stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I think that episode with Big in season two, the Big episodes tend to be my favorite episodes because yeah. I love that actor. Zon he's McLaren. so good. He's so good. Oh, man, he's so good. <laughs> um, and yeah, like those episodes have a really good balance of comedy and pathos. And yeah, it's just really great to watch. But yeah, when you find out all of the grief and the guilt that he's been carrying, because you didn't really realize, you knew that he was a cop. Right. You knew that Alora's mom had passed away, but you didn't really know a lot of the specifics until yeah. that episode. And you start seeing these flashbacks and then you're like, I don't want to see these flashbacks. Please don't show no. these to me because you know that they're getting closer and closer to right. the event. And you and almost feel because, like you can stop it by yeah. not watching. But you know and you part can't. part of me, I thought that she might have died through an illness. Like I oh. didn't realize, like mm-hmm. I didn't realize at the time that she had had some kind of accident. Like, I was like, oh, did she die of, like, cancer? Or did she die in childbirth? Like, because did it happen when Laura Dana was really young? Like, when did it happen? So mm-hmm. it's sort of like, oh, you know. But I, I kind of love, like, the second season really fleshed out the rest of the characters on the show. Like, it did such a good job of, like, the episode of, like, Bear's mom going to, like, the, you know, Bureau of Indian Affairs, like the health conference and like having the best time ever and like, ah, so good. And just like reconnecting with her friends and just showing those friendships are just as important when you're an adult as they are when you're growing up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
I love the Willie Jack episode of her going to the prison and seeing her aunt, who's Bear's mom. Yeah. And that whole, like, sequence of her having her own spirit guide is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, it's, like, so devastating, but then also really funny. So, yeah. It's yeah. Just, I like the slow reveal, too. I think that the show trusts its audience a lot, and it doesn't feel like it has to tell you, like, this is Daniel's mom. Right. You know, it, it is a slow reveal of, like, who is yeah. this woman? Why are we following her? Right. What's the significance? And, yeah, I thought that episode was great. And when her spirit guide said, I walked the trail of tears and I smile more than you, <laughs> was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I feel like that's such a, like, such a good example of the writers on this show just, like, really using humor to deal with some of this fucked up shit like it's like a history of violence literally you know just like ways of dealing with that and then modernizing all of that now and just like because you're right there's really not a lot of content out there that shows native people in a modern setting Mm -hmm. like when i was younger i had really liked the film smoke signals um okay and that's like based on the book The Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven, which is a great book. But I mean, now that there's some not awesome things that have come out about that author later in life, but um, like that's maybe my only experience with reading about more modern day life on a reservation, mm-hmm. you know? And then I feel like even now, what you get taught in school is so skewed just like the history of all of these events and with something like the trail of tears right is really glossed over or just like really sped up i mean maybe now who knows i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know anyone that teaches that at this time i maybe i'll ask one of my sisters cuz my one sister teaches English, but had also taught some history. But I, I, I'd just be really curious to see how some of, of those historical events are taught to younger people now, you know, because it's, it's one thing to like, read, like I read a lot of Native American authors in college. And mm-hmm. that was because the one of my, my favorite professors, that was her focus. And so I read a lot of really crazy books where they were writing about Native Americans. And then books by Native American authors where they were referencing those Lassa Mohegans or Moby Dick or things like that. And so it was really interesting because you had some modern authors that are kind of referencing these weird texts where they're sort of being portrayed as these caricatures. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Sterling Harjo does a really good job of that in this show. Like he does a good job of being like, you know, like I love the spirit guide that talks to Bear. He's so ridiculous. <laughs> a whole young warrior. I love him. He's so good. He's so good. He's just like, no, I, yeah, I was at the battle of Little Bighorn. Uh, my horse stepped in a hole and crushed me. And <laughs> here I am. I, I saw Custer, but I didn't do anything. You know, it's just like it's so good. It's just so funny to kind of like make fun of those things, but then also reference all of that history. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think uh, in recent memory, watching things, I know that there are two like pretty different shows that also have native characters in them. But one of them is Letterkenny, 
And I don't know oh, if you watch Liar I've Kenny. never seen that. I've heard that it's hilarious. It is hilarious. And I think it also paints indigenous people in a very, like, awesome way. Like, it's cool. great representation for them. Um, the The woman who plays Dear Lady in Reservation Dogs oh, is a character yeah. in Letterkenny as well. And okay. she plays a woman named Tannis, and Tannis is awesome. That's cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love that these characters are getting the representation in both those shows. But then on the flip side, in Under the Banner of Heaven, oh, that show is great. That show is great. But oh, they use indigenous people yeah. more in like a plot point type of way. True. Which yeah. isn't necessarily a dig on the show, obviously. It needed those story beats to tell the history of yeah. LDS. Yep. To get you to where the characters were at the present time during like the bulk of the show in Under the Banner of Heaven. So it totally makes sense. I'm not saying yeah. they misused them, but it was an interesting way to present those scenes. Yeah. Um, they didn't really seem like people. However, you know, sometimes that's what happens just in general when it comes to telling plot points in any type of show with any type of group of people. Right. And if anything, it just, you know, went to paint how this country was built in the light that it actually was. You know, they weren't shying away from the fact that a lot of white people are terrible and were terrible back then. Sure. Yeah. And still are. And still are. (laughs) Oh man, I I love that episode with Big, and I was just double checking the other actor, the one that plays Kenny Boy, Kirk oh, Fox. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, that was like because he's such a great character. Because you're like this, him and the other guy Ansel that are like yeah. the the white meth heads at the junkyard. Like they are fucking ridiculous, but he is such a good character, and it's just he's actually a really kind and really like a good person, even though he's a total dipshit. Yeah, and like. Their, like, whole, like, drugged-up journey is so good. It's really so good. weird. It's so weird. So funny. Just, like, all of the scary, like, a- yeah, after watching Under the Banner of Heaven or, like, any of these sort of, like, weird cult shows, like, them happening upon that group in the woods. <laughs> it's so gross, and it's so funny. You're just like, okay, all right. All these, like, you know scary white men that are in law enforcement or otherwise you know meeting up in the woods and essentially like berating these other men you're like okay man all right (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i love how those characters big and kenny boy are kind of acting as the audience because they're like are we really seeing this is this real yeah you're like yeah is this real Are you reacting to the drugs or does this really happening? Is anyone going to help them? Like, he's still a police officer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What a great episode. (laughs) Kenny Boy really, like, hinged a lot of the really important parts of this season, for sure. And yeah, it was cool to see that, like, the, the storm that happened at the end of the last season really did change a lot of characters, which is cool. And, you know, they they did a great thing about building on that first season and not losing any of those plot points that they set up. I know I thought he would be in this season more, but I really love the actor that plays Uncle Brownie. He's great. Yeah, like maybe he wasn't as available this season or maybe he'll be in later seasons, but he's, yeah, Gary Farmer. He's awesome. Um, 
and his episodes in season one are some of the funniest by far for sure and just like the the like all of the like legend of like him being able to like drink a ton and then like punch out all of these men and like all this bullshit and then (laughs) when they have the deer in the back of the car that episode is so gross. Really gross. <laughs> so gross. They're like, backstrap, I got, you know, and you're like, no, you've been letting this like deer bloat and decay in the trunk of your car. <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, man. But yeah, it's just, I love all of that, like, sort of playing with being spiritual and actually being spiritual. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and what so, does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? And then like, you know what's actually better and then you know how you identify with stuff and yeah just (laughs) i love like when when the spirit guide is actually meeting with him and is like no you know like that's not what i meant at all you know like (laughs) he's just like ignoring him and doing what he wants to do (laughs) you're just like okay that's this guy's mo it's fine (laughs) yeah and it's fun that uncle brownie now sees that spirit as well and yeah he's watching him from across the creek and he was like all right, I guess that counts. I'm going to leave. <laughs> you so guys seem good. like you have it under control. Yeah, it's just so funny. It's just like, all right, eh, that's not really, okay, that's okay. fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's cool because I think the show, you know, is illustrating that traditions change and you have to wonder, say, years down the line, I don't know how long reservation dogs will run for, but, yeah. you know, the fact that the core group of the res dogs now kind of have their own traditions. They've gone to the Pacific now. Yeah. They held that tradition in the water. Like if they were to have children, would that tradition kind of get passed down to their children? It's just cool to see these traditions like warp and change throughout, yeah. you know, the generations. Right. It's like you're keeping them alive, but they get tweaked a little bit each yeah. time where just the stories get retold slightly differently and they keep certain things you know, oral histories alive by retelling them, but everything is slightly different in the modern day. And yeah, it's just like, you know, their ideas of like, oh, geez, you do the eulogy or like, you know, him and Willie Jack, like being sort of the ones that are a little bit more in tune with some of that stuff. And Baron Alora Dan and sort of like needing a little bit more guidance. And Mm so it's just interesting to see them interact and like, I liked seeing a lot of the scenes of Laura Dannon and Jackie and it kind of like explaining Jackie's character a little bit because in the in the first season she's just like she's she sucks. She's like a yeah. thug. You know, she's mean and like beats them up and like steals from them and then there's like White Steve and he's so White funny. It's <laughs> so good. He is really good. Yeah, he's like doing his dance moves and just hanging out with them and you're just like <laughs> just a really funny group of friends you know Mm -hmm. each group was like annoyed with the person that left them which is totally relatable you know to to resent somebody moving on without you yeah and i feel like that's also sort of what happens with with daniel because he left them without really getting a chance to say goodbye or explain anything to them Mm -hmm. which is the nature of suicide so it's just it's an interesting way to see all of the people that are left behind. Cause I feel like that's a lot of, of, you know, you don't really know when someone takes their own life, if they think about that at all, mm-hmm. you know, they probably, they maybe don't at all. So 
you're sort of like, oh, they 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 leave, but they're not thinking about all these other people that will now have to deal with that after the fact. So yeah, with the absence, totally, mm-hmm. or just like the not knowing, you know, and yeah. feeling guilty or feeling sad or you know just missing the person so yeah there's just so many different aspects of it for sure it was interesting to see a lot of the adult characters like i think that that was really well done because the kids are always going to have their own narrative of what they miss and love about daniel and maybe sort of blame his parents or blame other people for not being in Daniel's life enough or not helping him, but then they also feel responsible. So it's, it's really interesting to have them interact. Like I love that episode of bear working on the roof. It's so good. And just like, you're like, he's getting his, his ass kicked working on the roof. And then finally it's Daniel's dad who like really decides to take him under his wing and help him out. And that's like the turning point for him to cut that man some slack. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, it's so rough. It's just, whew, show's heavy, but still really funny. Still really funny, still really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the episode with Willie Jack where she goes to prison to visit Daniel's mom. Yeah, I, I did love that moment because it seems like her time in prison, for whatever reason, you know, has been a comfort to her in a way that. Because she got a chance to meditate and, you know, figure more out about her feelings towards that suicide. Right. She she doesn't have to deal with them either because she said when she sees Willie Jack, she's like, I see you and I see him. Yeah. And so taking yourself away from the reminders of all those people makes a lot of sense. Right. But I do love that she, she does say you can't love someone out of their own pain. Right. And that's such a true and good thing to remember if you are a friend or a family member of someone who committed suicide because yeah totally you can't love someone out of their own struggle that's true you never totally know what somebody's going through so it's like you can't rationalize it or try and get them out of it you know they have to be able to do that with themselves with help but yeah yeah so I thought it was nice that in that the last episode where they do decide to read the letter and the letter is positive. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked that because there was a lot of buildup as to what this letter was going to say. You were a little nervous that maybe his friends would have maybe been saddened by it, you know. Right. Who knows what. But then it ended up being like a really nice, happy letter about all of his hopes and dreams. And they yeah. were all very sweet things. I know, um, which is kind of sad. Yes. But but it's it's also really cathartic. It's yeah, that like whole sequence at the end where they're like hugging each other and he's there. So good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was like a punch to the gut, but a yes. good punch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so good. Cuz yeah, you do I think we all kind of do it. Um obviously, I think I talk about this on a lot of the podcasts, but whatever you kind of watch as a kid kind of informs how you act as a kid. Mm. So like when you watch say like high school comedies or rom-coms or, you know, whatever you start to kind of take little character facets from like your favorite characters in shows or what have you and think that that's the way that you should also kind of act. Mm. Okay. Um, 
like real life mirroring the the things that you watch which are also mirroring real life kind of in a way totally yeah i I mean you can do it with real people that you look up to like cool cool and quotes older siblings or people that you think are cool cool aunts or musicians or you know actors totally yeah so i love that like daniel's letter to whether it was real intentions or just what you think you should write to your senior self yeah as a freshman like still the fact that it was a part of them that they were sharing with their friends is nice yeah definitely whether it was just kind of like your stereotypical because you know like when Kids sign high school yearbooks. Everyone yeah. signs the same kind of bullshit. Yeah. But it's funny. That's just what you do. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's very true. It all kind of sounds the same. But it doesn't necessarily matter if, you know, it, it's your friend. Like, it's real to you. Just yeah. kind of like the traditions that the kids go through and the the rituals. Like, it doesn't matter if it is a, you know, diluted version of maybe something that their aunts and uncles did. Like, it's important sure. to them because they make it important. Right. They they fill it with the meaning that it needs to have. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that episode where Laura Dannon's grandma is, is sick and about to pass away is like really heavy, but then also really positive because it's just like a different portrayal of death than most standard white family will will do. You know, like they mm-hmm. gather after the person is dead and that's it, you know, and it's not... And this was really like the whole town, friends and family coming before, bringing a shitload of food, being there, taking turns, being on watch, like praying, singing, you know, just like being with each other, sleeping over on the couch, like all of that, like really is the stuff that you really want when you're going through something like that. You know, you don't necessarily need, I don't know, but it's just like you just want somebody to be there. So, yeah, yeah, even if they don't know what to say or, yeah, so mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I loved when the spirit was telling Bear, he was like, well, why are you here? And he was like, well, I'm here for Alora. And yeah. he was like, well, does she know that? Like, you need to tell uh, her that. Totally. And yeah, that was really, really cool and impactful because, yes, it, it did seem like most people were there f- for Alora and for the purpose. But yeah. A lot of times I think as a person who has only really experienced death through a white lens for the most part, yeah, funerals kind of just seem like the motions that you go through at the for end. For a lot it's, of people, they can be. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to be present in in moments like that. Yeah. I feel like, you know, if if it's if it's somebody you're close with, that's one thing, but it's like if you're going to somebody else's funeral for a family member extended or yeah, it's, it is really hard. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that six feet under got really right. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like that, the way that a lot of people do deal with death in modern day is really detached. Yes. um, And then like pushing and burying those feelings. (laughs) Yes. After the fact, you know, and then just like being like, I'm sorry for your loss. I brought some flowers and a casserole and now I'm out of here, you know, and then yeah. like, so then seeing like Shiva baby and how chaotic and crazy 
you know, family and friends can be in those situations. And then seeing stuff like on reservation dogs, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting just to see other, other lenses for sure. Yeah. I think I, this isn't a revolutionary thought, but yeah, I think that we as a society in the U S are very afraid about talking about grief. Oh, Um, totally. Yeah. It's not something that people do very often. So, which is crazy because we all deal with it. So (laughs) the fact that it's not spoken about out in the public is strange, but yeah, I think we're slowly getting better, hopefully. Yeah. In that arena. People are living too long. (laughs) So we have more time to grapple with the idea of death, I guess. But that's a good um, point. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, woo. Yeah. But I love too when Mabel passed away too. She was just like a fiery spirit. Uh, <laughs> like saying goodbye to Alora. She had like a lot of spunk and character. That was She's like, I'm great. dead now. I'm leaving. Yeah. That was great. I know. Yeah. She was just like, yeah. And then the um the other instance like of the aunt coming back and people sort of being a little passive aggressive, like, well, you left. And then having a little bit more of that backstory about someone being jealous that she left the reservation, that she doesn't have children, you know, and then on the flip side, her being like, yeah, but I want children or I want a family or I miss you guys or, you know, I was grieving. So I needed to get the hell out of here, but then I didn't know how to come back, you know? So it's, there is a lot of that as well, especially in, tighter knit families to like feel like once you make that choice to go that you're not necessarily going to get welcome back yeah so not knowing how to deal with that and so i yeah it's just it's pretty cool to see the reservation as that like microcosm of should i stay or should i go (laughs) you know so definitely definitely yeah i living in nebraska it was interesting because I feel, even though I, I lived in Indiana, you know, grew up there, but moving to Nebraska, there are, you know, a lot of indigenous people in that state and made some good friends with some indigenous people uh, through other friends and some of them directly through Heath. But yeah, I know one gentleman, his name is Boots, and he does documentary work um, about indigenous cultures, but also like obviously on other projects as well. And he was great. And then Heath's one of Heath's good friends from college, Amber, she's a music teacher and she worked on a reservation. And I think she was kind of like the white Steve. Like, I yeah. don't think there were many other white people who lived on the reservation I to know. teach. Yeah. And it was really interesting and eye-opening to get to talk to these people and our friend Tavia back in uh, Nebraska as well. It was just really eye-opening. I feel like a lot of people who live maybe, you know, east of the Nebraska line might not really have those types of experiences. So I I found myself really lucky to have gotten to, like, know people from that way of life. Prior to living out in Arizona, I probably never met anybody who was Native. Right. So, um, and when I lived in Flagstaff... um, I met a lot of people that lived on the Navajo Res or that were Hopi. And we, the conservation corps I worked with had two teens that 
I worked with a lot over the years um, that were on AmeriCorps stipends to get trained up. And one of them ended up working for Grand Canyon National Park after, which was really awesome because there was one trail crew guy paid who was Navajo Nation and he was sort of like the outlier, like everyone else was sort of like a white, either hippie dude or white bro man (laughs) on the trail crew. So, I mean, he was, he was great, but he also had sort of like a little bit of a, like he was a slightly pessimistic sometimes of working in the government, you know, working for the federal government and park service and some of the the programs that directly impacted the reservation or the way the land management was used and things like that. So it, it was definitely, it was interesting because it's sort of like trying to help people get job skills and training into a cool career track position in a park, which is great, but then also understanding that it's still not totally ideal. Like there should be better systems in place on the res so that they could do that, you know? So it, it was definitely a wake up call going from New York area. Cause I feel like Hudson Valley is not super diverse, but then growing up, going to New York city all the time is way more diverse. And then moving out West, it was just a different animal cause it was predominantly either Mexican or native and and white people so it was sort of like a mixed bag out there and it was it was very different lifestyle from where i had grown up so yeah i think it it's really interesting i hope that other indians are watching the show yeah like i feel like it's pretty awesome like it makes you proud and laugh and it's really good so i i hope other people have access to watching this yeah yeah, I hope so too. Um, cause yeah, it's great for obviously like for us to love this show and to talk yeah. about it. But yeah, it's just neat to to have it out there. Um, I know that Paulina, the woman who plays Willie Jack, right? I know she coached a hockey team. I think for women. Oh, kind cool. of like in her reservation area, and she said she wanted to do it because she wanted to be a representation for like her nieces. Just cool. to be like, hey, like, you can do this. Yeah. So I think I, I do love that the idea behind the show is a bunch of different things. I like that it's about representation, but it's also just about, like, writing good, entertaining stories. Yeah. Because, you know, you could have gotten just the representation and that would have been just – that would have been important. But the fact that it's also such a kick-ass show and it's yeah. so good is just, like, thank goodness. Because <laughs> – You know, the representation obviously is, like, the number one, like, important factor, but it's nice to see that it's also backed up with uh, just how awesome it is. (laughs) Because, yeah, I think every person I tell to watch this show, I don't know if they (coughs) follow through, but they should. (laughs) Because it's just one of the best shows on television, for sure. I I agree with that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because... I feel like when it comes to just television in general, there's just so much saturation these days. Like there's it's just hard. so much television, yeah. so many films. 
There's, there's a lot so, out there, so it's yeah. daunting. And then someone will be like, you haven't seen all 19 seasons of blah 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 And I'm like, oh my god, but there's all these new ones too. They just keep coming. But yeah, <laughs> the fact that this is also a half hour show is awesome. And I love the fact that it wasn't all dropped at once. I think that that Agreed. really, yeah, just that you'd be able to chew on each episode and digest that a little bit week to week was so good because mm-hmm. I really stay with you those episodes have a lot to say whether they yeah like you said they have pathos and they're they have so much humor so I really appreciated that it um wasn't an all at once deal that someone would binge and forget about because I think they stay with you more when you have to wait I agree yeah I've watched so many things through the binging method. Yeah. And didn't take the time through memory to try to recommit, like, what happened during that episode? What were the impactful moments? And yeah. then they're just gone. <laughs> Those- I know, the, sp- the sponge gets wrung out. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't remember anything. <laughs> That's exactly what happens to my brain. Yeah. It gets there's only out. so much. There's only so much room in there, so eventually... It just starts to dribble out, and you're like, oh, wait, I have to forget something to be able to take something else in. <laughs> it's just not great. What can go? What can I drag and drop into the trash? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny. But yeah, um, I think we kind of talked about most things. Yeah. Um, are there, Were there any-, any particular episodes that you really loved? Whew. Maybe just in the second season? The, the the fresher in your the memory fresher episodes. in the memory i really did love the big episode um, yeah i think that's a good one that one's great yeah i think I that's mean, the one that really sticks out in my head going back to the first season i love the episode with him and cheese as the ride-along yes. i mean that's a great episode too because you're sort of like oh it humanizes him yeah yeah you know, definitely. when they're yeah them listening to music in the car together and it's just so funny yeah (laughs) it's just so good and i do love that character of the dear lady i like that big has this very like different type of spirit who travels with him that's a little bit more mythical and totally yeah she's cool and it kind of better solidifies like big's relationship with his culture but also with women and i think I mean, I guess a lot of the adults, they put their relationships in context of how they deal with the, the sex that they're attracted to or, you right. know, because um, you do have that awesome episode with Rita and all of the ladies who go to the conference and it's kind of about so their good. relationship with men. Yeah, it's so good. Um, <laughs> but from the first season too, one of my favorite moments was when Bear was finally starting to like accept the fact that his dad wasn't really around. Yeah, and I love the moment in the car where Rita says, like, if you want a relationship with your dad, we can try to make that happen and right. we can keep working on it. But if you decide you don't need him, that's fine. I am here. I love when she's, you know, just giving him the room to do what he yeah. needs to do. But I thought it was just really powerful because I grew up with a single mom. And so, like, Rita saying to Barry, you know. It's you and me. I'm here for you. Totally. I will be here for, for whatever you need. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great episode. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. 
But yeah, what about you? Do you have any standout episodes? I was just looking through the the list from season one, but I this this past season was so good. Um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we touched on a lot of them. You know, like I loved I loved stay gold cheesy boy i didn't know that was the title of the episode God, i love that episode of him being in the group home that was really good um mostly because he's such a, like an outlier with them too he's a little younger than them mm-hmm. you're kind of like oh she's queer yeah he might be is it important you know it's okay it doesn't really matter you know it's like it does but it doesn't and it's just all of the things about him that make him really awesome <laughs> Yeah. Like, he's not confrontational, but at the same time, he's, like, fostering these good conversations. Yeah. he's He's got a lot of good insight into stuff. Like, he definitely picks up on, you know, there's weirdness between them or whatever, you know, even if he's not saying stuff all the time. And, yeah, Mark Maron's character, pretty hilarious. But the other characters in the group home with him were all pretty great. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say I would say that's my... One of my faves, um, the Willie Jack going to the, the prison was also such a good episode. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that the episode, um, I'm just looking up her name again because I'm spacing out. But Amber Midhunter coming in for that episode <laughs> where they have the like two social media influencers talking to them at the youth center is so funny it's such a weird episode and yet it's so right on the money for modern day yeah you're like this hurts on so many levels and it's so funny and like they're all sticking around to like get their their gift cards (laughs) free meal (laughs) yeah i'm just like yeah that makes sense there's got to be a perk yeah (laughs) yeah the fact that they keep calling themselves their elders and yes. they're like, you're not that much older than we are. What do you yeah. mean, elders? Yes. Yeah. And they start asking her, like, well, which reservation do you live live on? And she was like, oh, well, I actually live in Yeah, she California. was like from San Francisco yeah. or something like that. And you're just like, okay. But she was like, my body lives there, but my heart lives here. And you're like, all right. <laughs> so good. Sure it does. Sure it does. <laughs> yeah, those are great episodes. So do you think, um, are we going to, like, maybe start out being in California in season three? One would hope, but I yeah. can see them kind of doing like a any jump. mixed yeah, amount yeah. of things. I, I, I do think Bear, through his roofing job, has kind of acquired a little bit of life skills. Right. But... And I could see him, like, doing okay somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like, you're going to leave Rita behind? You're going to leave your mom? <laughs> like, what, It's what kind of crazy do? that they, they managed to get robbed again. Like, oh, I, I was know. just, like, I was, like, really? You lost all the money again? A second time? <laughs> yeah. The the money loss is rough to watch yeah. in this show. Yeah. It's it's really rough. Just, like, to, to seeing how long it takes young people to like save to be able to sock some money away and then have it just like totally get stolen immediately you're just like ah so it's like come on i know especially when they're in the restaurant 
eating and it's like why don't one of you have like a fanny pack that you keep on your person at all times yeah don't just leave it in the glove box yeah yeah mistake number one i mean that's that's more indicative of them not having traveled beyond the reservation where they know most people right so that's a little bit of that like being naive because you're young and not expecting people to take advantage of you but yeah but yeah yeah, i I love when they follow white jesus (laughs) white jesus (laughs) so good yeah, yeah, I liked that that episode was, like, pretty surreal. It had some very yeah. surreal moments, talking Definitely. about the sax man, following white Jesus, yes. and then they both happen to be at the beach. Right. Yeah, it's just interesting. The way they make this show is really thought-provoking, because you have to wonder how much of this is real, how much of it is. Yeah. A little bit of fantasy colliding with the real world. And I think that's pretty great, because I think that that's also, like, a commentary on any kind of faith that you yes. have. You know, so your idea of spirituality and how that's going to play out and, you know, dealing with death, like all those things collide. So mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. Good show. Yeah. Very good show. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll it be interesting to see where they go with season three. I have full faith in them. Yeah. Don't have a lot of speculations no. as to that's what's okay. going to go down. Yeah, I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm here for the ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just keep plugging it to people until we get more people to watch it, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't begrudge anyone what they watch. I have a wide, diverse group of friends who watch totally. all different types of things, and if you're watching reality television and that's your thing, that's great. Oh, totally. But, but yeah, I definitely it, like to suggest it if people haven't heard of it, then I'm like, oh, shit, sure. check it out. <laughs> for sure. Agreed. <laughs> well, Diana... Is there anything else you would like to plug? Website? Anything else you're no. watching? Uh, I I recommend going and checking out Barbarian. If there you, you haven't go. yet. Have you seen that yet, Burn? Mm-mm. I say go I see not. it. Don't watch a lot of trailers. Just go in cold. Um, you know, it's got some uncomfortable parts if you're not a horror movie fan, but it's really fucking funny <laughs> and it's good. It's a good one. If, and I'm not like a super gory horror movie person in general. Okay. So I I really enjoyed it. It's it was a fun time. That's cool. For the listeners, yeah. um, on a scale from one to five for spooky factor, with five being the spookiest, what mm. would you rate Barbarian? Uh like a th- like a three? Oh, okay. Maybe. Pretty like, good. There's some, so there's some ick factor. Okay. Mm. That could be in your average true crime type show. Okay. That doesn't I, have to be horror, but could easily be in like a Mind Hunter or another episode of some other show that's not necessarily horror that you're still like, that's fucking disturbing. But then it's not necessarily horror. And then there's some. There's some super gross horror, but it's pretty short. There's just a lot of buildup. Ah, so that's the, the tension. Yes. There's a lot of good good tension, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Pretty fun. I'd be up for seeing it again. So, Man, this week then, it sounds like I'm going to be watching a lot of movies, because I yeah. still need to check out Bros. 
Oh, Bros is fun. Barbarian. And then definitely excited for Halloween Ends. Yes. It's coming soon. Yeah. I want to I wanna see all that. I, I will definitely go see Halloween Ends. Right? Aren't you excited? I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see how it ends or maybe doesn't end. I'm into it. I know. I know. Yeah. I've been talking and some people are definitely like, it's never going to end. And I'm like, he's going to be in a walker chasing after her. And she'll be in a wheelchair rolling away. You know, like it's just like, how much longer can it be? But, you know, I'll I'll keep watching them. They're fun. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like on Jamie Lee Curtis's social media, like especially on her Instagram, yeah. it seems like there have been some pretty touching, like her saying goodbye to the character type Good. of moments where That's she cool. says, you know, I've I've played Laurie Strode for so right. many years yeah. and it's sad to say goodbye to her. And the last day that Laurie was shooting... Uh, like everyone showed up to watch like the last scene because it was. Oh, like, that's cool. This is her last day as Laurie Strode, so it seems like they're making a pretty big deal online okay. that it's Into at it. least ending for Jamie Lee Curtis. All right, right well, on. Who's to say? Right on. <laughs> Into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Yeah. Uh, that those are my main plugs. Uh, because. Those movies that we're showing at the theater right now have a lot of great content already yeah. up on the site, or Halloween Ends will get a hot take that'll come out pretty soon. So look forward to all of that great content about Story Screen's favorite season of the year, Spooky, Spooky Season. season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to see Event Horizon yesterday, which I had never seen before. I also have not seen it, and I wasn't able to go. So. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's Sam Neill's very young and oh Jason Isaacs really Ooh. young and he looked awesome but uh it's yeah it's it's a weirdo it's a weird one I like those two dudes for sure yeah yeah it was, it was a weird movie had Lawrence Fishburne in it it was it was a, it was a strange movie <laughs> <laughs> fair enough <laughs> well Diana thank you so much for Thanks joining for me having me to talk about a show we really love <laughs> and yeah, what were you gonna say? I felt like I oh, cut you always, off. Always a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's nice to flesh it out because yeah, I hadn't really gotten a chance to talk to anyone really about this show, so I appreciate it. And listeners, thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. Make sure if you are following us wherever you are listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed to us. If you can, give us a like. And always comment if you so choose. It'd be great to get a comment from you, a like, and especially a subscribe. And if you'd like to reach out to us on any of our social media channels, you can go to storyscreenbeacon.com and scroll to the bottom and find our little nifty icons. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, and you can read all the articles that Burn and I write, too. <laughs> yeah, man. We're churning them out. Yeah, we're churning them out. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty darn good. If I fresh say content that. every month, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, everyone, and have a great day. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, bye.